0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Assalamu alaykum to all of our viewers and all of our listeners and assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to my very special guest today Maulana Aqil Bhula Saab. How are you today Maulana?
1: Wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. It's a bit late, but alhamdulillah, great.
0: <laughs> uh, so mashallah, we have today with us Maulana Akil Saab from Bridgetown, Barbados. Um, how I came to know Maulana Akil was uh, well, some of my relatives who live in Barbados. They used to watch his programs and they used to share them. So I started watching. I started watching them as well. Alhamdulillah, you know, he's a uh, very qabil alim. He studied at the Islamic Dawa Academy in Leicester, England. And at the same time, he's, mashallah, he's imam in a masjid in Bridgetown. And he does programs for the youth in Bridgetown as well. And he also, he travels a little bit, Alhamdulillah. So my father, Alhamdulillah, who got remarried a few years ago, he got married in Barbados. So I asked my father to get in touch with Maulana and he knew Maulana. So he got me in touch with him and Maulana was very easygoing. Very easy to get in touch with and very easy to talk with. Alhamdulillah, he's a really friendly guy. I haven't gotten to meet him yet, but I have promised him, inshallah, when the time is right, I'm going to come down to Bridgetown and we're going to do an in-person podcast episode on the beach, inshallah. Mawlana, is that right? Yeah, we're looking forward to that one.
1: JazakAllah we'll <laughs> for the invite. Right.
0: Um,
1: really so, honored uh, to be here with you after seeing the long list of esteemed ulama that you've had, mashallah, on your show. And I pray that Allah, ta'ala makes this show a success and... Um, you know, inshallah, it grows from strength to strength, and and inshallah inshallah. many people benefit. Actually, today, um, Hafizab, yes. uh when I sent out the 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 poster, you know, one of one someone said, Subhanallah, is on Apple, um, streaming." I think it is, um, Spotify, and it goes on the works. Mashaallah, yeah. So it like Alhamdulillah, the reach is there, and you do your bit. Inshallah, Subhanahu wa Taala will. Um, in, the, in the case of Sayyidina Ibrahim A.S., you know, you go and do your adhan, yeah. leave the rest to me. So, inshallah, we hope the same for this and for your future programs as well.
0: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Maulallah, would you like to let us know a little bit about yourself, anything I've left out? No, 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 you've covered it. I've covered it. Okay, so today we decided to cover the topic, which is a, a tricky topic um, in our society and in our culture. A lot of times it's considered a taboo topic, the impact of adultery on society. And uh, this was on a list of topics, and Mashallah, Maulana Aqil, he chose this. It's a very important topic um, in current society and in these times. It should be talked about because adultery is very prevalent. Cheating on your spouse is very prevalent in these societies, and it's very easy to hide it. So Jazakallah Khair, Maulana, for coming on to talk about it. Can you let us know a little bit about this topic? Why you chose this topic? And why is this topic so important to talk about? I'll be honest with you. Um <laughs> Um,
1: I think last year, year before, um, for a couple of was went uh, for Jumwa, I did some you know basic research, and so I had a bit of information gathered. So that's why I guess it's one of the easier topics that you suggested. But along with that, along with that, I think it is a need to discuss, and especially since um, the previous weeks, I think you um, you've had masturbation. Discussed yeah. at some length by Mufti Sahib, yeah, and mashallah, is a really good discussion. Um, and then last week you had pornography, yes, so this was the eventual lead up. Um, that was the lead up to this topic.
0: And and, and on Monday we have Mufti Naif Sab Mufti Naif Patel, he's going to be talking about tarbiyah of children and family planning,
1: mashallah. So, great. So, it's the continuation, alhamdulillah, right? Alhamdulillah. So, one of the important things I think was that, um, one. For the, the, the basic reason, as you just suggested as well, I just mentioned um, The amount of, uh, we're in an over-sexualized or we call it hypersexualized society That's what we're in now um, There's actually a hadith that Rasulullah to mentioned that For every person, there's a portion of zina right? And before I continue, I just want to make mention of um, Sometimes you may hear me just say zina or sometimes throughout this, uh, during this talk, you may hear me say fornication and adultery. Now, I just want to make mention that there's a bit of difference between two of these from a Sharia aspect. Um, when we say fornication, usually uh, we mean someone who is unmarried and having a illicit relationship. That is fornication. And adultery is a married person being involved in an extramarital affair. The reason um, that this difference has to be explained is that, inshallah, we we um, discuss further on, there is a bit of difference regarding, there's a bit of difference about the hudud and the punishment for each. And, you know, when we say zina, we talk about it in the more normal, you know, the average sense of, of, of the word. So the hadith mentions that for every person there's a portion of zina. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa further goes on to say that the eyes, the zina of the eyes is the gaze and you know, the zina of the tongue is to speak and so on and so forth. Mufti Salman Mansur Puri, Barakatum, you know, he explains this beautifully. He says that if we look around us today, wherever we go, you know, there's some type of, um, there's beauty all over, basically. Whether it's a billboard, whether you pick up the paper in the morning. And he says even, you know, the Surma box. You pick up the surma box of what you see, you see the face or the eye of a, of a woman, right? And that is it. And then what happens is that the one who is really strong and will be able to control themselves, they'll be saved. But they're still exposed. They're still exposed. And that is it. We're in this type of society and, you know, you're driving down the road and the billboards are there. The advertisements are there. You pick up the newspaper. All of us have our phones nowadays. It's all over, right? So there's no getting away from it, and I think that's what um, the challenge is. As Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, mentioned in numerous ahadith uh, about the challenge that men will face um, with the, uh, the 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 lure of the, from the opposite gender, right? min They have not left behind a fitnah or a trial that is more dangerous for men than that of women, right? Um, so that's one of the reasons that this topic is very important because it's there, right? The, just that desire, the outside, everywhere you go, the temptations are there. Uh, another reason is that, unfortunately, unfortunately, the enormity of it, or the enormity of the sin, I should say, is not within us anymore. You know, there was a time when... People would be very very careful, very, very careful of even speaking to uh, a girl who you know who's not you know from the family, put it in that way. Um unfortunately Hayah as you say, you know, that um when Hayah goes and Sharam and Hayah goes, then everything goes, right? Everything goes out the window. So what has what happens now is that that fear factor unfortunately is not there anymore. So now you will see perhaps a a young man and woman driving around like normal, nothing is wrong. You know, people, youngsters then will openly say, yeah, I have a a boyfriend, I have a girlfriend. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we may whisper amongst ourselves, but we whisper not in a manner of saying that so-and-so is doing wrong, but we just do it as a gossip and laugh that you heard about so-and-so married man, he's having an affair with this body. That person is having a fear of that body. And we're not doing it in a sense that, oh, let's make dua for the person. Let's try to help the person in some way. But it's just a means of gossip. So unfortunately, the enormity of the sin is the lesson in by the day. I guess that's one of the signs of qiyam as well, as from the signs that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned regarding the coming of the last day, is that zina will increase. And also another reason why I think it's essential to speak about it, is that unfortunately the means of zina have now become much more easier right you know back in the day um i guess when we were growing up uh if you had to talk to a to a if you wanted to talk to a girl it was either the telephone there were no cell phones back then right so it was either the telephone and then i guess the generation before us would have been passing notes Now, subhanallah, you know, it's there. And it's not only the young people, it's also the old people as well. Now you have a cell phone, right? And you are able to just get someone's number whom you suddenly have become infatuated with and you're suddenly lusting after. Now you're just private messages or direct messages on Instagram and Facebook and all these other platforms and social media. So whereas in the past, um, to get into an illicit relationship may have been a bit more challenging. No, unfortunately, it's much, much easier. And that is why, yes, to the youngsters who are listening, who may say, okay, but Mawlana, you know, it's very, very difficult. But then, inshallah, beloved friends and the youngsters who are listening. It may be difficult, but inshallah, the tawa will be even more inshallah.
0: Most definitely, mashaAllah. That was a good uh, opening. You'll be hearing my son a little bit in the background as well. Um, no, fuck, that's fine. He's active, Alhamdulillah. So as, as you mentioned and you highlighted the fact that it's you know it's all over the place. so much so right now society has opened it up to a certain extent I mean there's no extent but there's it's very famous that they have apps now or they have websites now which are uh, platforms to encourage outside of marriage relationships. and there was a big huge hack a few years ago. Where one of those websites got hacked and they exposed all the people. The Ashley here. Madison. Ashley Madison. So right.
1: there's actually so again dear. Website- you know the Ashley Madison issue. Um yeah. if you want to talk about deterrent, yeah. right, We are diving straight into it today, Afasak. Yeah. If we want to talk about deterrent, there's that incident of the, the one of the individuals, I think he was um he was a high ranking official of of a company. He committed suicide. And wow. what was the reason? The reason was he was found out. His name was on the list of people. So to save himself from the, you know, from the, from the eyes and the taunts and the ridicule of society, to face himself from having to face his wife and family, he went and committed suicide. So wow, I think that should, right away, that's a deterrent. Yeah. That, and and it's not even, today that, I don't oh, think he was even Muslim, Muslim, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. But yeah, but many Muslims were also found out. Yeah. On that, you know, today we can say we're hiding behind these things.
0: Yeah. Behind
1: these, um these, um, these walls. Of yeah. secrecy. But all of us know, like, may um, Allah protect our stream tonight and all the nights. Uh, but if we lose our power now, everything goes, yeah. right? And one of the things I always um, emphasize and explain to the youngsters especially is that don't think that what we are sharing secretly is not being recorded. Even yeah. when we delete that message. The one, no. one parent um, a few days ago He's a doctor, and he, mashallah, he was telling me, he was saying that he knows of an individual who paid a large sum of money to a professional who was able to go and hack into his daughter's um, WhatsApp and was able to read all her messages, all those deleted and, you know, everything. So we may think that we're the ones who is doing something and no one else knows, but there's someone out there or there's some server there is all being stored. And then on top of that, from an Islamic perspective, I, um, what we have to think is that it is being served in the server of all service, and that is our book of deeds. Yeah. And in, in that on the day of judgment, then we're gonna have if we, we may escape here, but may Allah forbid if we go without Tawbah, there's no escaping over there. May Allah protect yeah. us all.
0: Yeah. So so two things. You know, I'll ask two questions, they'll go together. Why is uh, adultery or is, uh, adultery so bad um, from a societal perspective mm-hmm. and from a religious perspective? And why is it forbidden from both perspectives? Because adultery, even in a non-religious perspective, is seen as a very bad thing because you've made an oath to your partner, um, whoever that may be, that you will be faithful to them, but you're breaking that oath. So could you answer that question for a sheikh?
1: Yeah, I'll try it, inshallah. Um, right, so from a religious perspective, uh, I don't think we need to go too too much in depth into that. All of us, I think, we're aware of it. There's so many, um, you know, straight up in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Mu'minun, when speaking about the awsaf and the qualities of the believers, Allah says, The true believers are the ones who protect their private parts. And then there are a few exceptions, except with your wives, etc. Then in Surah Quran, when mentioning the Ibadul Rahman, Allah also mentions La noon. the true servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are the ones who do not commit zina. Then we have the verses of um, Surah surah nur in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala straight, it comes and says, you know, the believing men and the believing women have all have both been told. That guard your guard your gaze and guard your private parts. And then, in Surah of nur as well the beginning, the punishment, the punishment for the zani for the fornicator has been mentioned. And Islamically, as I as I um, alluded to earlier, you know, the fornicator, the one who is unmarried, it's been mentioned that there are five hudud, or you can if, or you can say six hudud, what we call punishments that the Sharia has fixed, that they may be so hated or so detested. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself has fixed these punishments. And one is for the fornicator, that there's a hundred lashes. And another is for the adulterer, adulteress. And for that it's thrown into death. And then there's also a punishment for the person who... Um, what do we call? Who, who maliciously goes and tarnishes the image of someone by saying that they're an adulterer. So falsely accusing someone of adultery, they're also punished as well. So the Qur'an, you know, by telling us that, there's a hundred lashes for that person who's committed fornication. Or you're stoned for that we call, what, what we call rajam, for being an adulterer or adulteress. Now, that in itself is to show the enormity of the sin, how grave the sin is. And to then Muslim listeners especially, um, you know, these these hudud and these punishments, it is not just that I can come and say I saw such and such so and so doing zina, and then the qavi will just come and say, Oh, call them and stone them to death. It isn't it is not like that. The conditions uh they're very, very, very difficult. It's like basically four what we call four upright outstanding Muslims who are very punctual in their salah and their behavior is all you know, in conformity with the Sharia, the akhlaq is of top level. And then they see the two individuals actually in the act, which is difficult, which is difficult. As one scholar beautifully said, you know, if, if a person is of that good character and they hear or they're walking by and they see two people in the act, they're going to turn away. They're not going to look, right? Um, so, what it is, is that in the Quran and Hadith, when we find that these, these hudud and these punishments are mentioned, it is to serve as a deterrent that don't even go close there. Yes, there are other things that if somebody actually goes and says to the Qazi, I saw this person and that person and they are holding hands and walking together and I know that they are not husband and wife. In an Islamic state, of course, we can't do that in Barbados and America or wherever else. Uh, We just can't go and issue the verdicts that beat someone. No, we can't do that, right? Um, But in in, uh, Islamic state, the Qazi then will call and it's due process, right? And one thing I found really amazing as well, is that, you look in the time of the Sahaba The Sahaba and the Sahabiyat who were um, stoned or, or, or um, lashed That was by confession That was by confession And even confession has also certain rules behind it as well So that in itself, those verses are there Clear cut from the Qur'an And then the Aharith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam In which, you know, he spoke about the harms of Zina In one particular incident, he spoke about a dream that he was passing on, he was taken and he was being shown the scenes of the hereafter. And he came across something which you called a tannur, a type of oven. The 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 top was small, and then as he went down, it was much more wider. And the Prophet peace be upon him, sallallahu alayhi wa he said, you know, we looked in and we saw naked men and women, and flames were rising up and burning them, and they were screeching and they were screaming. He said, I asked the angels accompanying me, who are these who are these. And they said that these are the people who are um, committing zina. These are the men and women who are committing zina. Um, also, I think one of the hadith that we should all keep in mind is the, the narration in which Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam says, <laughs> That a believer does not commit zina and he's a believer, right? The zani, he's not committing zina in the, in the condition that he's a believer. And other narrations speak about this, that at that time, Iman comes out of his heart. May Allah, Allah protect us. One narration mentions that it is as if he has taken off his shirt. Basically, you're taking Iman out. So just as a point of um, caution for all of us, just imagine may Allah protect us all, but we find ourselves in that, in that state. And we've got to really reflect and think that at this moment, may Allah forbid, if my, if my soul departs, you know, I'm not going to be this in the state of Iman. So that in itself, those are ahadith in which there are grave warnings. There are many other ahadith on that. Uh, and, you know, we, we can look into some, any, any other lectures, inshallah, will um, any lectures, you know, on YouTube. And so we can search up and you'll find, you'll find numerous ahadith on this topic. From a societal point of view as well, um, every religion and every culture thinks about um, zina as being bad. That's why, you know, as you said, um, any religion, when when the the those the worshippers and the uh, the practitioners of that religion, when they get married, and especially if we take from a Christian perspective, um, you know, it's for better or worse, for in times of health or illness, um, prosperity or or difficulties, and these are these these all form parts of the vows that we're gonna be together forever, and that's it. And that's why So Every every, every individual understands that um, every, What's happened now Is that yes we have This free spirit movement This freedom of everything That why should it be bad? Why should it be bad? If you have a consenting man And a consenting woman But again we say And I think Sheikh Yasser He mentioned this very um, beautifully He says that think about it We just can't go and eat everything and say everything is good for our stomach. Right? There are certain things that are good. There are certain things that are not good. We don't just go and say everything is good so I'm just going to gorge myself and just fill my stomach with everything that I want. We don't do that. So similarly, um, human intellect alone will tell us as well that there are certain things that are good and there are certain things that are bad. And on this, if I can just um, draw your attention to a statement of, Hakim Akhtar Sahib, rahimahullah ta'ala. He says that, and this is for us as Muslims to really reflect upon, he says that every sin, every sin that has been um, taught taught to us as a sin, by Allah, the Messenger of Allah, that in itself is evil for us as a human as well. It is not just that, from a religious perspective it is wrong. But when Allah says, stay away from something, that means stay away from it because as a normal human being, it is wrong. It is wrong. It's not going to help you in any way. So, um, yeah, that's it. I, I was with some individuals who are from the um, Universal Peace Federation. So, um, these individuals, they, subhanAllah, they have the have concept of a sanctity of marriage. So, they, they have different beliefs and whatever etc but what amazed me was their concept of marriage as well it's quite similar to how we have in certain things that there should be no court in and they even go to the extent that the person in charge he chooses partners for you so the the the...
0: (laughs) i don't know if we'd even accept that
1: (laughs) (laughs) right exactly so i'm just showing because what happens is that sometimes you know, we have, like, Muslim youngsters, especially, will come and say, but we're not even allowed to date. We're not even allowed to have a relationship before marriage. So, you know, subhanAllah, when I heard this from the lady, and she was, and she had her husband with him, uh, with her, so he said, um, me and my husband, we were there, and uh, the priest, um, he looked at us, he looked at my husband, and he said, you and you, and he paired us up together. And that was it. And then they had to do like some 40-day type of um what we would probably call it tableague something, something like that. And then after that they were married, and they're were... so then I was saying, But do you do that for your children as well? She said, No, 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 I'm not gonna do that for my children. And then there was a young young lady who was from that group. So I said, Um, is that how your husband's gonna be chosen as well? He said, No, I'm I'm gonna choose my own husband. But but still, what happens is that even amongst them, is this thing of celibacy before marriage. There should be no intimacy whatsoever. And I'm, I'm not sure about the American school, but I can remember going to school and even sometimes now as well. Um, constantly, there are these programs and these individuals will be visiting schools and talking about, you know, uh, protect yourself from uh, unwanted teen pregnancies, um, you know, being the celibacy bandwagon, we're going to save ourselves a marriage, all of these things. So society on the whole understands that um, pre-marital as well as um extramarital um intimacy is not something that is good. It's not something that's good at all.
0: I see. So one of the things which you mentioned was you were talking about the punishments and it, um I think a while ago Mufti Yusuf who came on a, a month and a half ago, we were talking one time about the punishment and he was explaining to me <coughs> he said that these punishments are so severe and the the way for somebody to prove that somebody's actually involved in the sin of Zina is so hard, he's like it's basically a deterrent more so than the actual punishment being given out. Yeah. Um what was
1: that that that's what it is because you can't, I think from from my recollection of it, is that you have to actually prove that the two individuals were involved in the act. Yeah. All right. Um, so for example, if you go to the Qadi, and they said, you have to have four upright, outstanding, you know, Muslims, all of these other conditions about those people who are um taking the claim to the Qadi, to the Islamic judge. Yeah. They have to have certain um things about them in terms of their character, their Islamic outlook, all of that. Now, when they go to the Qadi, remember that one teacher would always say is that if they go to the Qadi and the Qadi says, Okay, so what did you see? And they say, Oh yeah, we saw the man and the woman, and they were naked. So what did you see? Yeah, they were naked. What were they doing? Oh, they were on the bed. So, but you told me that they were doing zina. They were on the bed. But Kavi, you know, they were on the bed. They were naked. But no, no, no. That's not zina. They're on the bed. You don't know what they were doing. They could have just been naked. You know, sitting down. <laughs> watching netflix whatever so what will happen now yeah the kazi will call two of these and there will be a punishment for them that so wait, wait, strange man strange woman hotel room naked uh uh-uh, something's wrong here but what we call of that punishment of being stoned to death or the hundred lashes that that isn't going to be given to them because they weren't caught in the act and you know actual penetration was taking place and all of that that wasn't seen then the cause, you know, will turn to these and say, but you use the word zina. And zina means this. So no they can be lashed as well. So it's a deterrent. It's a deterrent oh. more than anything else.
0: Okay, so the next, you know, the next set of questions is, um, what does adultery do to a marriage? And how do we stay away from it?
1: Well, as I mentioned earlier, the statement of Hakim Akhtar Sahib, that anything that is that's impermissible is, is bad. Right. And adultery, that's why um, you look on any website, any website, any family website, and they all speak about it. Adultery, number one, you know, more usually it will cause an end to the marriage. Right. Or even if someone repents, they, say the husband or the wife, whoever's doing it, whoever's perpetrating it, Allah protects yourself. The perpetrator does it and then repents he or she still lives with that regret for the rest of their lives, right? Of course, and I just want to make, a, make mention here in case I don't do it after. Um, if we found ourselves in that predicament, do tawbah, be sincere in our tawbah, repent as much as possible, cry in front of Allah, and start over. And remember, remember from a psychological point of view, is that when we've repented, Allah is the right? But still, you know, of course, as human, we're human beings. That remorse and regret is there. And, you know, we can hide from many people, but it's difficult for us to hide from our spouses. Um, You're a married man, so you know, right? We have patterns. We have routines. We understand our spouses, right? Um, Sometimes you'll know when they're grumpy and why they're grumpy. And they know the same about us as well, right? Uh, We know what makes them tick and what makes them happy. So, of course, it it is not rocket science. That is that intuition, especially women especially, they, they have it within them. that they know that the husband is doing something wrong. Men can be a little nonchalant about that and can be a bit you know um, uh, gullible in, in those things at times. But women especially, they're very, very observant in these things, and that is why from the moment a man starts going in, a, in the wrong direction, women usually um, have this sixth sense. And they understand something is wrong. And then, of course, one of the first things that happens is that it destroys the marriage. It destroys the marriage. Or it can destroy a marriage. And, of course, when when a marriage is destroyed, marriage, because the concept of marriage for us is not only about a husband and wife. It also brings together children. Now, someone may say, but I don't have children. So who cares? Well, it's not only about you. It's about the families as well. Because marriage brings together families. Now it becomes a whole, so we'll get to children just now. But even families, families start to fight this. Now it becomes a who's right and who's wrong. And unfortunately, I'm sure you would have heard about it. And I've seen many cases about well myself. Now it becomes a, a blame. You know, the reason why he went out was she was not being good to him. Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah. Right? You're going to blame the wife because the man went and did zina? You know, come on. And that's what happened. Then the whole society becomes involved. And everybody picks sides. Now, Reba is rife and rampant. Everybody's talking about it. So from one person's strain out, the whole community is involved. And the whole community is involved in sin. Because we're talking, we're gossiping, we're backbited. We're <laughs> and then how many untruths come out of it, you know? One person says something and then it's twisted and turned. So it destroys families. People stop talking to each other. Um... People stop being you know, when, when you see a person walk in one door, the next guy will get up and go out the other door, that sort of thing. And then of course the the effects that it has on children. I mean, that's that's there, right? I mean I'm I, I I'm aware of may Allah protect us all I'm aware of children, um, you know, who would have seen their father or, you know, whoever strayed outside of their marriage. And they just lost respect. That's it. Respect is gone. They don't want anything. They didn't want anything to do with their father whatsoever after that. And they would even go to levels to harm their father. And then the father be he knew that. Well, what else can he do? Right? What else could he do? Because he's the one brought that brought him up in himself. But that's that's what it does. It loses all your respect from a spiritualist aspect. Forget Zina. Forget Zina. To the youngsters who are listening, um, and for everyone it's if when we misuse our eyes, when we misuse our gaze, the nur of Iman is taken away. It's been mentioned that Sayyidina Uthman, he someone came in and he looked at him and said that, you know, and he, he chastised him and about misusing his gaze. And that is what from the ahadith as well it's been mentioned things on, on that aspect as well. That when we misuse our eyes, you know, um the the sweetness of Iman, that special illumination and noor that we should have that is taken away from us.
0: Yeah, so we spoke about, you know, obviously somebody who does do adultery. Now, you said afterwards you should ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness and obviously try to move on. Um, don't go back to that sin obviously that's what we mean when we say move on um, be kind to your wife, be kind to your family if it's wife, be kind to your husband so on and so forth, be kind to your family in general um, what are some ramifications now we're talking about from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala um, for a person who does do adultery but doesn't stop what is the punishment for such a person in this dunya, I know you mentioned it in the hereafter where the Prophet saw what is the punishment in this dunya from the hadith, what do we know
1: we're going through a pandemic right now Right. And it's affecting where? It's affecting all the entire world. And the ulama have mentioned, it, and you, you find this from the ahadith, one of the reasons is zina. But when zina becomes rampant and right, I also read one, one statement of President Hakim Ummat Tani, he spoke about homosexuality. Right? Uh, I know we don't want to be controversial here in your, on your um, podcast, but, you know, for us, we have to say what's wrong. I mean, whoever does what, and... Just as everybody's entitled to their opinion, we're also entitled, I guess, to say what we believe in. And for us as well, you know, homosexuality is a is a no-no from a strictly religious perspective, right? And he mentions that one of the, the reasons what, that you have things like plague and pandemics and all of these things coming about is due to homosexuality. And from the hadith, we learned that when um, zina spreads, droughts occur, pandemics start, um, I actually have a list here of 10 things here um, Allah becomes very angry The reckoning the hereafter will be very severe The person will enter Jahannam The barakah of risk is lost So all of us want um, to be happy and have barakah in our wealth That's one of the, the harms of, of, of Zina He is deprived from from doing good He becomes hated and cursed in the eyes of the common people the nation involved in Zina will be afflicted with droughts, the spreading of disease in place, and we have so many different diseases that are, that are you know, what we call the sexually transmitted diseases. And newer, new ones are always coming out. And this is all the consequence of what we call uh, of Zina. The destruction of the locality, um, earthquakes, and the birth of illegitimate children. I mean, that, 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 these are 10 have been listed here. And that is straightforward. So as you've mentioned rightfully, that it is not only our um, hereafter, but also the destruction started this very world.
0: Allah protect us all. How can a couple aid each other, a husband and a wife aid each other to keep away from Zina? And I know before the podcast, um, we spoke about this, how you encourage people, husbands and wives to stay happy with each other from a spiritual, mental, physical perspective. So, what can a couple do to stay away from adultery to help each other stay away from adultery? Like one of my friends, he sent me an article where he was talking about drinking some uh, some supplement which helps a person out in the bedroom, so on and so forth. So, what are some some things which you suggest to help a couple stay away from the, uh, adultery?
1: So, Alhamdulillah. What, see, the, the beauty of Islam, the beauty of Islam, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us the best and the most perfect of systems. Right? You know, in other religions and other cultures, um, sex is a taboo, right? Sex is a taboo. Um, so much so that if you, you know, if you sit down and read the medieval literature, it talks about, um, uh, and when, when they talk about the, the obligations upon a woman, it's all about, oh, the woman should be there. At the service of the man and they, they the way that the way that they portray sex and intimacy is portrayed as a very very bad thing as something that's nasty that that don't do don't commit don't 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 have don't you know stay away from it um it's like as if it's a necessity but is a nasty necessity right if you if you get what i'm home saying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subhanahu wa the best and the most complete of deeds, right the complete system the most, the system, of total moderation. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam over and over emphasised that the way we look at intimacy is totally contrary to what other um, cultures and religions um, they look at it. For us, you're rewarded, right? You're rewarded. And remember, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he addressed the youngsters, Ya guys, the شباب when they start making love and that oh um, youngsters if you're able to get married then get married. So right away he puts the ball in their courts that you know their temptations. So we understand we're being realistic and subhanahu wa Rasulullah was very very realistic. He's being realistic, um, if you you you've come to that age now the temptations are there. So if you can marry, marry. If you can't marry then pull fast to, you know keep fast, keep keep Rosa. And then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also um, Some very, what we call uh, These guidelines that he gave If you're standing on this You know, he saw the Sahaba stand by the side of the road He said to them, you know, don't stand here. he said, but O Messenger Sallallahu Allah Wasallam We don't have anywhere to go You we have, we have to stand here Allah's Messenger said, okay, then give the road its right And one of the things he mentioned, guard your gaze So again, he's telling, he's informing them Okay, if you have to do it, but then Guard your gaze So protect yourself and then when you're able to get married, you get married. Now once you get married, now you have what is called a halal outlet. You have a halal outlet. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants you reward. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he told the sahaba that it's sadaqah, you're rewarded for having, um, fulfilling your, 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 your sexual needs. And the sahaba were quite amazed at this. So sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to them, that he asked them that what do you think then if someone does it in a haram way? So they said he'll be punished he Said So then, if you do it in a halal way, you're rewarded Allah's Messenger went to the extent of saying that You take a morsel of the food and put it in your wife's mouth You get the reward of of, of sadaqah You're rewarded for this, right? Um, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam explained about intimacy And how a man should be should be with his wife And the, what, what we would call foreplay and afterplay And all of these things They've been explained in the in the ahadith. So Rasulullah wa sallam, stressed, and you know he he explained all of this to us. So, zina, uh, sorry, um, intimacy is not taboo or should not be a taboo subject, right? So now, when a man and woman gets married, um, as we all know, that you go through the various stages, the various periods. Um, it's like you have the honeymoon period when you're so besotted about around, about each other. And then after that is like more of a youth routine, and so on and so forth. What happens now in marriage is that marriages can, uh, a person can stray for a number of things, right? I think one of the fundamental principles that we have to ha- um that we have to adhere to, both husband and wife, is to always have eyes for as I like to put it, have eyes for your wife, right? And for the wife, your eyes for your husband. That is it. Um, I'm gonna read you. I know you like your Urdu. So my uncle Mallah Yusuf Sahib from California. he said that he he mentioned this in a bayan. Um, it was my my cousin's wedding and he came here. So he mentioned this couplet. He said that his Shaykh al Hadith, Moll Ayub Azmi, Rahmatullahi, alayhi, who was a Shaykh al Hadith in Dabil, He said, When I got married, he mentioned this to me. He said, This is how you should be with your wife. Tum now you're the only thing that is in my heart as long as this this heart is in within my chest that's it you're the only thing in there and who can erase it as long a, a, a sense you've gone inside of my of my heart, of my chest. So that is that is what it's about, right? That is what it's about. That's what love is. That now it should be a case that you know what? I don't need no one else. I don't need no one else. Right? And Rasulullah sallallahu Remember the beautiful hadith that he mentions that um, That no believe in man, and it's also it, it also goes the other way as well. That no believing man or no believing woman should um, hate their spouse. If, they, if there's one thing about them they don't like, then there's so many other things, right? And then the incident of Sayyidina Umar, that someone came to complain to him about their wife. And when he got to the Amin Muminin's house, the wife of Amin Muminin was shouting at him. So he turned and went. I Amin mean, Muminin called and said, what's happened? He said, you know, um, I, two of us are the same boat. Both of us have the same problem." So then he you said, you know, tabaqa, right? the famous story, you know, she washes my clothes, she, she breaks my bread, she prepares my food. And then, most of all, she's that parda, she protects me from falling into, the, falling into the fire. Right? So that is the, the concept that we should have that now we are married. That's it. That's it. It is me and my wife. It is me and my wife. You're my everything. And the Akabir, um, I tweeted this yesterday as well. But al Masihullah Khan sahab rahmatullah He mentioned that If a person He only has eyes for his wife And he only looks at his wife Right? I mean as a source of lust and pleasure And he doesn't Move around anywhere Allah grants him Allah takes him to the stage of what we call the wilayah Allah makes him one of his friends So that should be our attitude to it That I'm gonna protect my eyes Because this is the first This is the first step Right? This is the first thing um, as it says in, in Arabic, there was a really uh, nice saying that um, it starts with a gaze, then, then a smile. So it starts with a gaze, then a smile, then a little talk, then a promise, and then you end up in bed together. And that is what it's about. So for married couples, you know, Alhamdulillah, we first start our marriage. And we, we get married. So we say, okay, now that's it. It's only going to be me and you. The honeymoon period, that's how we are. But then after that, as we go along, things sometimes can take a turn to the worse. What we need to do at that time is go back to the basics again. Go back to that honeymoon period. You are my everything. You are my everything. This world is a world of trials. This world is a world of, of temptation, right? You're going to have your good days. You're going to have your bad days. What is essential is that when it's a bad day When it's a bad day Don't get taken up By what we will call in, um, As what Mu'ala Mullah mentioned He calls it emotional infidelity And Mu'ala Rahman Mungira Mentioned it in his book as well And SubhanAllah they quote the saying of The incident of Tabuk And Sayyidina Qa'b ibn Malik anh, That when, the, when one of the Leaders of the other Of, the, of one of the other um, superpowers they heard about Ka'b ibn Malik and what he was going through. That Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi was the Sahabah, everyone, stop talking to him. So he sent someone with a letter saying that you come to us, and we'll give you, you know, your respect and your honor. We have heard about what's happening, and Ka'b ibn Malik r- r- He took the paper. He was so hurt, and he threw it in the fire. So Alimun rahman mentions it in his book as well. you know, he says that. Sometimes what happens is that we get a little fallen out with our wives or our husbands. Then we go outside, and suddenly somebody says a sweet thing to us. And then Shaitan now oh, will, two and two is four. He'll, he'll, he'll of course, try to spoil the good thing we have going on. And then we give in to that. No, no, no. Your you're wife, your husband, that is halal to you. That is enough. For you. That is enough. For you. So, I think if
0: I'm talking too much, let me know. No, no, that's fine. It's fine. Uh, you're right. my guest. That's the reason uh-huh. I brought you on. So there was two right. things I wanted to mention. There was basically two things I had left to mention. One thing was, as men, a lot of times we don't keep up with our looks. We expect the wife to look good for us and so on and so forth. Um, and the other thing was that a lot of times people get involved in these sort of temporary relationships. And they realize afterwards they have some sort of remorse or some sort of grief that, you know, my wife was good to me for a little bit of, you know, Just enjoyment. I got involved with some other woman, maybe another woman, or maybe a prostitute for some, you know, physical enjoyment. But afterwards, people usually have remorse after they do zina if they have any sort of moral compass. Um, But the other thing was obviously, um, men generally you know, obviously I'm going to go back to men because we're both men. What usually happens is when men talk, they always try to blame women so on and so forth. But we're trying to be very middle of the path, middle of the road, and trying to keep it equal. So men don't keep up with their looks. What would you say for men that what is what is required from us to also keep our wife, you know, engaged with us? What should we keep up with?
1: Right. So the same thing. You remember that there's a statement of Sayyidina, I think Abdullah ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And he says that I like to beautify myself. This is how I like or like my wife to be, right? Um, we can't, you know. So to get to that point, let's go. Let's talk. Let's let's make it a little broader, if you don't mind, right? This all this all comes into what we call intimacy, and intimacy is an integral part of a healthy marriage. Integral part, right? There's no there's no two ways about it, right? Rasulullah was told us, to get married, right? And that's the way, that's the way it is, right? And that desire, all of us have. And desire, we have to remember desire is also in both men and women. That is why if a woman is not being um, satisfied properly, that can lead to a lot of um, emotional distress as well. Um, you know, psychologists and they actually state that sometimes, if, for example, a woman is not able to orgasm. That can lead to psychological problems. And that is something that as men, we have to understand, right? We have to understand that when it comes to women, right? Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, "Instruct us about these things." And there's that red book if you want to advertise it after the, the book of Mufti um, Ibn Adam Kautari from yeah. Lester, Mashallah, it's a really Inchallah, nice Inchallah.
0: book. I'll put it on my I'll put it on my Facebook page if anybody wants to right. take a look at it. Inchallah. So, Mashallah,
1: that's a really good, um, you know, what we call bedroom etiquette. and that's something really important. So, what you can do, what you can't do, et etc. Yeah. So where was I Right. So intimacy is important. is an important integral part of marriage, right? Um, as I said, you have the honeymoon period where you're just all over each other, and then after that, it becomes sort of a routine. But we have to understand both of men and women. As I said, we're in this hypersexualized environment. We all have needs, and if we're not going to get it from home, then of course you're going to go a lot protected. But then if you're mischievous and you're not, you're not a person of taqwa, then you're going to go somewhere else, right? You're going to go the first woman or first man to give you um, a little attention. You're going to want to go and um, derive pleasure from that little attention, right? Um, so what is essential? Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam, you know, he mentioned in one narration, that if you perchance, you know, your gaze falls on some some person of the opposite gender, and they look good to you, right? And they create that desire in you, then go home to your spouse, go home to your wife. Because she has what she has, right? And Allah has given you that legitimate way. As I said, if he we, if we starts by us con- um, controlling our eyes, no matter how um, beautiful anyone else may be, to us, our wives will always be the most beautiful. And I'm sure sometimes, perhaps, um, you would have seen as well, and we see it, right? Sometimes there's a person who has the most beautiful woman at home, beautiful wife at home, and then you see this guy and the person he is going around with is not even half as beautiful or half as good, you know, looking as the halal spouse that they ha- that that they have at home. And the reason is that you know, Allah then takes away that beauty uh, um, from his eyes and places it in what he considers to be beauty. So the rest of the world is laughing at him, and he's just making a fool out of himself, right? So, the, the first thing I think is to radiate, we have to guard our eyes. Then, you um, have to understand both husbands and wives, the needs of each other, and what we call the intimate needs of each other. Um, in a marriage, as I said, a marriage can have its ups and downs. Spontaneity is also something, being spontaneous and, and so on. Um, there's also times that perhaps you have to, you know, what we call a schedule uh, intimate moment. Especially if it's the case that you have um, a lot of children and it becomes difficult, because what what can happen sometimes is that when a you know a husband and wife who have um, who have many children, sometimes you can become it can become an issue that when can we get a private moment? But it is some so just as how eating and drinking is important for us to continue and um uh, providing for our family is uh, having money is a necessity. Similarly that um, having intimacy is also a fundamental integral part of marriage, right? So that's why both spouses have to be ready and have to understand that this is a necessity. And if if not fulfilled, then the partner may go to someone else. Now, the question can be, but I don't want to do it with him. If your wife is like that, then you've got to ask yourself, why is she like that? Understand? And that's where now your, your, your question can come in. That perhaps is because you've gotten too overweight, oh, perhaps, right? She's not enjoying it because she's just doing it as a chore. You're not doing it correctly, in, in other words, right? What the steps and everything that you should be doing, you're not doing correctly. Your hygiene is not correct, right? It can't be that you're coming home from work and you're sweaty and you're a thing, you know, you're you're all smelly. And then you, you pray your Isha and you have your meals like that. You don't even brush your teeth and you come on to bed and you want to get intimate? No, come on, right? It has to be... So the same way we expect from our wives, that's the same way as men especially, we also have to understand that we have to have that, um, that consciousness of our, our bodies, of our odours, all of these things as well. You know, the Messenger of Allah, what is them again? I, I mean, amazing, amazing. And that's where the seerah, I always emphasize the importance of reading the seerah and mm-hmm. reading it with an open mind and open an eye. That Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would come in, he would do miswak before entering the home. And then he could just kiss his wife. And you know, the, the Ulama would say, you know, SubhanAllah, that was it. That to make sure that, and Allah's messenger's order, was, of course, was not bad, was, was the best of orders, right? Um, That was the tongue constant in the rest of the Quran, the dhikr of Allah. But SubhanAllah, he would do miswat, then enter the home, and he would kiss his wife. So uh, all of this shows, you know, SubhanAllah Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam teaching us about our hygiene, you know, the concept of um, getting rid of unwanted hair, all of these things, all of these things, putting on itar, grooming yourself, all of this is part of what makes a man a man.
0: Subhanallah, subhanallah. Very good advice, Sheikh. very good advice. Yes, yeah, Subhanallah, my son is making a mess. He's taken all the water and dumped it on the carpet. Um, I'm probably going to be in a lot of trouble today myself. He's dumped <laughs> all of the water. <laughs> So what's it called, Sheikh? What is some parting wisdom for all of us? I know you gave a lot of wisdom right now, but there must be some more you have left inside that you can give us, Inshallah. <laughs> um,
1: I think in a in a marriage, especially when we talk about uh, zina, um, as we've we've been through basically the steps, protect your eyes, um, if and that goes for both spouses. Both husband and wife, you know, have eyes for only for your husband or only for your wife. Um, let's all try to be, you know, to be of good character. If you if arguments and you know, little petty little quarrels, that's all part of it. Don't give up. Don't give up on your marriage because of one petty and one foolish argument. And then if you had had an argument, if you have had an argument, and when you leave the home, don't let anybody tempt you to thinking that. They're, they they can replace your your spouse, right? Um, keep up. Uh, so keep you know your your outlook your your upkeep is important. Still having a what we will call an active intimate life is also important. And if perchance in this um I hope I hope can I I'll say um if perchance you know that you're suffering in that aspect in terms of your intimacy, seek help seek help. I mean. There, there are reasons sometimes why maybe a wife is hesitant to have to be intimate. It can be something psychological from maybe a lot of protect, you know, some childhood trauma or whatever the case may be. So if you've got to seek help, seek help, seek professional help in this regard, right? Um, so these are things that will, will, will keep the, will keep, will keep the, the um, and protect each um, individual from, from going astray. And most importantly, most importantly. We're human beings, and we have to interact with the outside world. And in our interaction, in our interaction, we will come across um, the opposite gender. There's no two ways about it, right? Um, if you don't mind me saying Steve Harvey, I gave this and had <laughs> some people were laughing at me when I said it, right? Now, Steve Harvey, you know Steve Harvey, an American guy. So Steve Harvey mentioned that, he mentioned, don't ever think that a man can ever be friends with a woman. No, there's no such thing as that, right? That can't happen, right? Because men are men, right? Men are men. No matter if you say, oh, it's just a platonic friendship. No, 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 we're just friends. That concept is un-Islamic as well. That concept, you can't be friends, okay? That, we've got to push that out of our minds. And as I said, we live in a realistic world. Um, when you're working, you come across in your, in your daily work, how many times you'll, you'll come across the opposite gender? Myself as an imam as well. How many times am I going to come across? There's hardly a person in this world who can say I've never come across uh, the, uh, a member of the, of the, of the opposite sex. So then, how do we interact? That is where it comes down to, our interaction. And I think the Rahman Mangira, he sums it up perfectly and brilliantly in his book here. He talks about the four Ps. It is professionalism, be purposeful, in other words, ensure the conversation is not idle chatting, um, polite, so we have professionalism, 1P. Um, purposeful, that the conversations are not idle chatting. Be polite, so you're not going to be causing offense and being rude either. Keep it public. Don't get yourself in a situation that is only two of you in a room where you're sitting down, right? You know, this Me Too movement has brought about many of these, um, these principles of directors that if you're sitting in a room and a female employee comes in, make sure the door is open. I mean, these are Islamic teaching, right? So, so you know one thing press.
0: interesting is yeah. the, the the former vice president of the United States, Mike Pence, is a very religious Christian guy. Um, right. And he said, I never have dinner alone with a woman. My wife is always there. So that was, that was very impressive about him. Obviously yep. in politics and politicians as you covered earlier this week when you came on the Burhan program, politicians and politics is a dirty game. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about a very small aspect of how he said he would never have dinner alone with a woman. Even though he's not that's Muslim. It. He's Christian, that's he has it. morals.
1: That's it. No, so these are, these are that's why I said that any person who's worth his salt, you know worth his, they, they understand that these are principles that, that will make a person better and make community better. So the Me Too movement has brought about these things. And these are Islamic principles. You know, don't 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 lie don't, don't, don't a man and a woman should not be together in, in privacy. All of these things. So um so as I said, we have to interact, right? We're living in a in a world in which there will be interaction. But then, as Mufisa, and this is from the book, Handbook of a Healthy Muslim Marriage, a brilliant read. Um, if you can get it hold of it. Uh, that's something that's really good. It, it multi-side covers from um, marriage and family life in Islam, preparing for marriage, what to look for in a spouse, even things about um, divorce, custody, intimacy, all of these things. Right. So, really good book. Um, I would advise couples to to really have a read about it. And another thing, and I think I'll close on this, is that. If you find yourself um, if you find yourself strained, stop, reconnect and if you've got to seek help, seek help. And when I'm talking about seeking help, if you have to speak to, sometimes it may be speaking to an elder brother, it may be speaking to the Imam of your masjid, it may be speaking to, to, to a sheikh, whoever, whoever you feel, you feel comfortable with but don't perpetrate the sin. Right? Get yourself out to that situation. If you find that there's a certain work colleague who has caught your eye, and you can see that both of you now are going down that path, and your conversations now have become more flirtations and so, then you got to stop it. You know, you straight away. There's, 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 no other way about it. Of course, in a polite way, etc. But you understand what you have to do. And then, as I said, you go back to your wife. If you have to take some what we call mentorship, or what we call in in the field of you speak to a sheikh. You go to your imam, inshallah, he'll be able to help you. Go to someone. We'll be able to put some, you know, we say put some sense in you in Barbados in we say that. I'll put some sense in you, put some sense in your head. So you go to the individual, inshallah they'll be able to talk to you. But and may Allah forbid, may Allah forbid. If any of us have ever fallen prey to tempta- to the desires and the temptations of Shaitan, sincerely repent, make some tawbah, make some istighfar and start again. And on this note, you know, that's why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know, he sought protection. Allahumma akidisi bain, akidisi semayy all of these things. Allahumma tfini bi halali kan haramik wa'nni bi falikam min istiwak. Allahumma sahih al qulubna min al nifad ma'amana min al diya wal istinatna min al khabib wa'ainna min al khianah. These are prophetic implications. Of course, only Allah can protect this. So that's why, you know, even before we get go go to work, o Allah, I'm going in there. O Allah, you blessed me with a wife, a lovely wife. O Allah protect my heart, protect my eyes, protect my gaze. And you seek
0: protection, inshallah Allah will protect us all. SubhanAllah. JazakAllah khair, Maulana. Thank you for your time. Um, I was going to bring you on to talk about cricket or something, but, you know, inshallah in the next future. Next time,
1: next time. When <laughs> India plays, pa- <laughs> you're a Pakistani, right? You know, you, you like Pakistan, so. Oh,
0: yeah, Pakistani. When, when, when <laughs> plays
1: Pakistan, next. <laughs> what is that? Not India, because then some of us will... We'll discuss
0: that one, <laughs> inshallah. Inshallah, next time. But Jazakallah Khair for your time, Jazakallah, khair to your family for allowing you to give this time. And really, I really appreciate you openly talking about this topic because I know this is a topic that really needs to be discussed openly, but at the same time, um, a lot of uh, a lot of scholars rightfully so I'm not gonna blame anyone, rightfully so are afraid to talk about it because of there's a lot of backlash. A lot of times when you talk about the right things, which are Prophet ﷺ openly talked about, like you said, people don't take them kindly because they all have their own presets or mindsets, where they're like, no, these things shouldn't be talked about. And this is a problem, like you said, which is going on in society, and it has to be openly talked about, and people need to be given the solution, and they need to find the right people to go to, to seek these solutions. So, Jazakallah Khair Sheikh.
1: Jazakallah for the opportunity. Jazakallah really
0: no probably. no problem no problem JazakAllah <laughs> khair assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh
1: salam wa rahmatullahi wa
0: barakatuh <laughs>